Blog Talk Radio. Come join with me, let's see if you do my Finley. Let's see if you come jump with me, and see if you do my Finley. I am sure you all remember the achievement made by this cricketer. Now come, let's join as one and pay tribute to the man who let us pay tribute to a great thing. Send Sean the greatest keeper to pass through the region. He may fall on a cricketer, fight with the ladder. But then injustice is under pressure. A footballer, basketballer, the great wicket keeper, a sprinter, a long jumper, a superstar goalkeeper. I say we should from this man, every greatest sportsman. Every VC man. And woman, then you come together as one and salute the two champions. I want you politicians to know when you're talking about national heroes. No way till Mike is dead to put no crumb on his head. Who let us pay tribute to this great Vincent Shaw? The greatest keeper to pass through the region. He took the combined island to the top of the ladder. He led the Santi Mall encounter against England in Sentusha. In the food that ready for so they drop more in the war record holder. To take this man to Australia, but that alone we should crown the man. Every great sportsman. Play New Zealand in Bimsha. No camera, no sword, umpire. The cast is spectacular. The umpire sends Glentona. But Billy told the skipper for Gary, he did not take the catch cleanly. Everyone thought it was a joke. They called him the fool. Who let us pay tribute to a true sportsman? One of the fairest out of the Caribbean. An athlete of integrity. Win or lose, he played on his feet. He's so cool, he's so humble. A great role model, a perfect example for all sports people. I am going to crown this man as the greatest postman. WICB, who of the conspiracy to bring back their Rick Murray, they victimized Mike Finley. But Finley ignored all this and continued to play his cricket. We all know he was the best, so Murray played all his best. Who let us pay tribute to a great Vincent Shaw? The greatest keeper to pass through the region. He opened the door for the small island cricketer. While back playing prejudicial towards him. Sell that cricket and soccer. They quiet at Shiva, a very strong leader, a great team player. I am going to from this man, the Caribbean's greatest sportsman.
Favorite Caribbean cricket commentators and cricket writers were Leonard Tim Hector and Winston Tony Cozier. Both are deceased. Hector left us in 2002. Tony succumbed on Wednesday, 11th of May 2016. I grew up with Tim in Antigua and I met Tony in Barbados in 1973-74. We were both members of the Cable and Wireless Youth Football Tournaments Organizing Committee. I represented Antigua and Barbuda. I commended Montserrat for successfully getting the act together in order to host their portion of the tournament. Tony retorted by praising Antigua and Barbuda for the professional manner in which we organized and ran our leg of the tournament. I was impressed. I did not realize he noticed. I became his fan and have remained one ever since. Tony was one of a kind. He had a way with words, a consummate professional at his craft. I cannot foresee in the near future one who could readily fill his place. Tim has left the vacuum. Tony won't be replaced. I had the pleasure of interviewing him along with my colleagues a few years ago. It was a joy listening there or sitting there listening to the array, to his response to the array of questions thrown at him. He left no stones unturned. He wrote how he saw it, not caring who disagreed. When Barbados had some players, some eight players in the West Indies side and wanted to go alone, 
Tony wrote in bold headlines, nonsense. He was critical of Brian Lara's captaincy, despite Brian's amassing some personal records. Many of Brian's fans didn't take it very kindly. Also, he campaigned to have his fellow Barbadian Gordon Greenwich dropped. Greenwich had reeled off a string of low scores. Again, he got a tongue lashing from his fellow countrymen. Greenwich responded by scoring a century the match afterwards. He was obviously hurt more so than ever when he was not asked to provide commentary on West Indies cricket in recent times. Such were the consequences one would suffer for offering diverse views. He, however, never declined to defend and support West Indies cricket. He criticized constructively, but some felt otherwise. He was up there with the best in the business. The John Arlott, the Roy Lawrence, the Alan McGenvery, E.W. Swanston, Jonathan Agnew, Henry Blofeld, Johnny Moyes, and my other favorite, Rafi Knowles. Even when Westerners had a bad, bad day in the field, if Tony were at the controls, many diehard fans would tend to listen on just to hear his play-by-play analysis. I was of the opinion that his, the name, his name was put on the press box in Kensington Over in Barbados, but to be corrected to learn that the name Cozier was that of his father's. Was Tony not deserving to? On Sunday, when his weekly column did not appear, I felt it was unusual, not knowing that the brother had been gravely ill. I will miss his columns. I wonder who will fill the vacuum left by this great Caribbean man. To his wife, Gillian, his daughter, Natalie, and his son, Craig, and the many numerous fans across the globe, I offer my sincere sympathies and pray that his soul will rest in eternal peace. Good evening. On hearing the sad news about the passing of Mark Julian, I could not resist the urge to write about a man who has meant so much to our community and the world at large. I was at a loss for words to express the way I felt. My friends, we have lost a true Caribbean man, and he will be dearly missed. He may be imitated, but not duplicated. To many, he provided their daily sporting breakfast. They would listen to him each and every weekday morning, precisely at 8.39 a.m., at which time he would present his daily sports report on the morning ride show. He was always so very detailed, precise, and to the point. A true, natural, and a remarkable professional sports reporter. Mark's sports reports provided to us a way of life. For whenever he spoke, 
everyone listened. Whether it be about the exploits of Usain Bolt, Shellyan Fraser Price, Kirani James, Kim Collins, the West Indies team winning the T20 World Cup, Chris Gale, Son and Lorraine, Caribbean Premier League, Tiger Woods, Serena Williams, Floyd Mayweather, Manchester United, Liverpool, Barcelona, Chelsea, or the upcoming World Cup, or be it LeBron James, or more recently, Donald Sterling. He would hold your attention even for that brief moment. He was a master at his craft. I've never met him, but I've grown accustomed to his voice, so much so that I nominated him for the Caribbean Sports Lions Sports Personality of the Year Award. Needless to say, he won it and was gracious enough to afford me the opportunity to interview him some weeks after. Mark's debt will create a vacuum in sports reporting in our neck of the woods, an office that will be very difficult to fill. He has set a standard that we can follow. He will never be forgotten. And to me, Mark, kindness of heart and spirit increase his riches in the eyes of many far greater than wealth. On behalf of the Blog Talk Radio, the Cricket Show, the Florida Caribbean Sports Line, and the Caribbean Radio Show, I extend our deepest sympathies to his dear relatives, his friends, and well-wishers who are all mourning his loss. May his soul rest in eternal peace, and may God be with him until we meet again. I thank you. I say thanks For the things You've done for me Things so undeserved Yet you gave To prove your love to me The voices Of a million angels ever hope to be I owe it all to thee
And in Penthouse exclusive day events includes thousands of companies who have agreed to confidentially review new ideas of yours. Don't wonder what to do next. Take action right now and get the help you need from Inventor. So took a decision to to like a group of players to, to build towards the World Cup. We played a handful of games in um, Antigua against the, the visiting team, and I, I, I wasn't surprised by the names I'm seeing. It's a process. I'm glad to, to see that someone like Andre Russell is back in the squad. Remember before the prior series, he was down with, with COVID, I, I, I believe, and he was unable to Part so I'm glad that he's back in. Um, and I, I just welcome the development of this team. This is a champion team, and, and it has to, to start um, winning games. I'm pleased that the West Indies Cricket Board has been able to organize so much cricket um, in these trying times. Um, it's, a, it's a it's a big step for them. Um, we've seen what's happened in Pakistan. Uh, we've seen what's happened in the CPL before that, South Africa as well. So maintaining these, these bubbles are not straightforward. And I, I really compliment them for stepping up to, to the challenge. And we did exceptionally well in, in the CPL. And I hope that it grows out well for us because it's critical, Andrew, that we make money from home series. We, the current model, you don't really make much in when you, when you tour. Um, so it's important from a financial standpoint that these stores are successful. All right. Well, Richard Prof. Edwards, uh, your Wanderers colleague, has joined us. Uh, let me say hello to Richard. Richard, how are you? I'm fine, Andrew. I'm good. Good. Okay. Wonderful. And, uh, of course, you're keeping quiet and staying away from COVID-19. Yes, I'm all vaccinated, but still um, paying attention to protocols as well. Yeah, you should do that. Yes. 
indeed wonderful now um the west indies uh, uh just named a provisional squad of 18 players to start preparation as you know richard um lots of t20 matches um, to be played starting with those matches of course in in grenada um, against south africa and i note with interest that fidel edwards is part of it christopher gale ocean thomas we haven't heard a lot about him and it's interesting that he is in the lineup your reaction well, in T20, really and truly, you're looking for people who can produce dynamic performances and so on. And these all these fellas can uh, turn it on some uh, sometime or other with the bat or the ball. So it's uh, it's. I mean, you you have lots of very talented guys. You if you're watching the IPL playing and and so on in it, and and some days the best of them will, will you know scramble to get some runs, but because they're there. There is always a chance that they're going to perform and uh, and, and, and win, win the match for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. So so someone like a Gale or, or, or Fidel Edwards, um, you would take to the World Cup, Prof? I'm not sure about, about the World Cup. I feel we would go to the World Cup. Uh, you see, the thing is, the, the, the you still want fellas to be very very mobile. The trouble, as we all know, with Chris Gale, if the ball comes in, you catch it. Mm-hmm. And he's and he's so on, but he's not as as fast as in fact he's, he's pretty he's slowed down quite a lot. But he's such a dangerous player with the bat. I mean, if he gets away and and hits a, a eighty off of twenty eight balls or something like that or thirty balls, you're in with a chance to win the match. I mean, he put him up for a slip and or a short extra cover, short mid wicket, and uh, and and say, well, we get one or two past him, but we we we're in a position to win because he's made eighty runs. Or for 20 balls or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Fidel Edwards? Well, again, he's had he has a, a lot of experience, especially that he knows how to bowl at the end, pitch the ball up, he gets the ball to, to swing back in to the right-handers, and at the end, he'll bowl a full length. And uh, and, and he's, he can pretty well bowl a, a Yorker. And uh, I, 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 I don't mind him because, to tell you the truth, a lot of the other pacers around that he's seen and the last series, the ODI and the test matches and even, and so on, they, 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 they struggled a bit. So if he's still fit and, and strong and able to bowl, I, I say good on him. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian, um, Fidel Edwards, what do you think of him? Think he can, uh, he has a lot to offer? Yeah, 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 he's something to prove, first of all. Um, he's been away from West Indies cricket um, and he's expressed his desire to, to, to play. And I think, as Prof said, he he takes a critical box. He, mm-hmm. he he performed he performed in the, in the CPL. So he, he put his name in in the hat. If some of the guys that we had that we were expected to to, to go on, they came up calls and some of those ones that had some issues. If those had performed, there would be no room for Fidel. Mm-hmm. But um, I think he's covered along with uh, O'Shane Thomas, and we have Cottrell as well. Um, and it's healthy competition in 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 the pace arena, there's no guarantee that he'll play. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's important within the next upcoming series that each guy put up their hand, show what they, they can offer, so that we have as much options going on into the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and Prof. O'Shane Thomas. Now, here's a big, strong man from, from Jamaica. When we first saw him, he bowed with some pace, but it uh, looks as if he may not be as fit as he should be. Um, what, what's your take on O'Shane Thomas? Prof? I, you know, I tell you honestly, he's, he's, he's got wickets and, 
in the test match on a, a pretty lively pitch in St. Lucia, and it looked it looked it looked good there. But for for in for ODIs and T20s, I don't think there's any place for him. He's he's, he's slow in the field. He can't bat. Uh, <laughs> so, and then he, and you, you really want it means fellow like Cottrell. Right. Cottrell could could I mean he. He went for some runs a couple of times, but you've seen that even with with balls and and top men go for runs. But the main thing is he can feel and catch. He's a useful fella to feel. So you want to have people that are you can't really have weak weak links in in in, in this sort of thing. Look, if you look at a win, mm-hmm. Doctor Fort, I know you're making some notes there, um, and of course you've got a question for Ian or for our very good friend Prof Edwards. Well, I, I'm I'm always pleased to speak to these esteemed gentlemen, but I mean, I, I know I'm not the cricket expert, but I, I would just uh, say that I think T20 is a game for young young men and preferably individuals with two opportunities to perform mm-hmm. on either side of the ball. Uh, so for me, when, when I think of an A.B. de Villiers and I look at a Christopher Gale now, uh, at this stage of his career, uh, I don't really see, even though he can mentor and he, is, he has the experience, I don't really see him as someone featuring in a World Cup in Australia where the, the pitches are at the fastest. And I mean, 40-plus is, is young, but for cricket, it's not as young as you'd like it to be. And I think that if, if we were are to think that he's still close to his peak, I, I think that's really uh, stretching it. Also for... For Bravo, I think on the faster pitches, the the slower balls and the mm-hmm. and and that method, I don't think with the big with the big uh, fields, I'm not sure that it will be as effective. And we've seen that his batting has waned a great deal. So um, there, there are quite a few all-rounders. There's Jason Holder uh, there. There are lots of, of spinning all-rounders. But I, I guess our real challenge will be a good good slow bowling uh, options for for the for the T20 World Cup. Uh, that that will be the real option. Um, I, I'll speak to the prof because first, uh, prof, the one of the problems we've had with our West Indian teams has been fitness. You mentioned O'Shane Thomas. We do know that Andre Russell has had problems staying on the park, and and we have seen stiffness in in Christopher Gale, and and we know that Bravo has been injured quite a lot. I mean, what, what do you think is is happening to the younger player that they just don't seem to be able to stand up to the rigors of international cricket as, as they did before. Well, I think that they're playing at the, to the maximum all the time in these, in these T20s. They're, 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 there's no holding back. You're going 100% all the time, and, and, uh, and a lot of them are, are not as fit as they could be. You could, yeah, anybody could look at O'Shane Thomas and see that I mean, he, he's overweight. Big, he looks like a big fat child. I mean, when, when, when you see him on the field, he's he got some talent. His action isn't bad, and so on. But too slow. I mean, he's not. You know, you, you can't have that. Looking to win, you got to have the best fielders. I, although I, Bravo has had some issues, I don't know if how bad they are. If they can get Bravo on part, Bravo they still catch anything that comes within reach, and he's very useful at the, at the end bowling these slower balls. He will bowl. Six slower balls, you know, over on maybe five or five four or the six would be different slower balls all, all the time. So he's still somebody if you might be able to look at. The thing is, with Chris Gale is that if he gets away, I mean, you've got you're, you're taking a big big risk. You, you, you're, you're really and truly looking to say, well, 
you can we know that he's a he's playing with 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 one man short if he's fielding outside in at the top level. But if he gets away and in the bat end. But the fellas now are, are not they're not messing around with, with Chris now. They're coming and bowling short at him, pitch has some pace and they and they got some good quicks. They're coming at him short and uh, he's not as comfortable as, as when he was a bit younger handling that, it looks to me. Okay. Um and Ian, you look at the spin bowling options that we have within the squad, uh Fabian Allen, Hussein, Sinclair. Uh, Walsh Jr., do you think that we, re- we need to do something to equip ourselves with a, a bowler to take on the eventual, uh, you know, the true nature of the Australian pitches later on? Um, I just, this is where I come from, Dr. Forey, you can correct me if I'm wrong. This, I know the T20 is playing in, in, in Australia, one is playing in India. It, it India. Really, if we go to India, right? Yeah, India. Sorry about that. Right. But right. So, the firepower um, in the spin options that we can really do well, because you would think we would need two two spin bowlers. I know Alan is an all-rounder. Um, Hussein has done very well as he's come on. Uh, Hayden Walsh Jr. has been in and out of the squad. He hasn't really had a consistent run. Do you think that we'll be able to get our spinners up to the type of confidence mm-hmm. level we want for but yeah, well, I, I think where the sprinters are concerned, I'm going to India and trying to give yourself as much cover as possible. Uh, obviously, these guys are mostly starting their career, um, so they they are not going to be possibly the match sprinters that uh, Narain was um, when we were so successful before. But once you go to India, you've got to brace yourself for the variant services that you're coming across. So I think the, the best of, of these two, more than likely the young man from Jamaica, that from Spinner, he just called his name, I forget. It, it slipped me now. Um, Alan? Alan, correct. Um, he, he looks like, like, like a good investment in, in the T20 format because he's, it's multi, he's multi-skilled. Um, but you'll probably look at Hussein and, and the young Spinner and determine who out of the two of them may make up our, our squad. We have a number of, of bowling fast or runners. You mentioned Jason. Um, Russell is, is coming um, back around. Hopefully he'll stay fit by then. And I think that will be the type of makeup with our team. I don't think we'll have that heavy bias of spin going into India um, because we just don't have that, 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 that strength and that, that talent. But it is for us now to get in as much games as possible, gain momentum, gain um, the understanding of, of rules so that we can execute. Um, one of our strengths when we've won uh, World Cups, whether it be the 50 over um, or the 20 is that we had um, some depth and versatility in our time. Well, we don't have the heavy hitters in the middle as we did uh, before, Prof. Uh, with you know Sammy and Russell and and all that depth within the middle, that that helps us to win win a lot of matches. Um, do we have to think of a different construct for the for the for the squad going forward, and and not think that we can be the same type of team that we were before, waiting to to hit lots of boundaries and not really paying attention to the singles and other it's things. Hard, it's, yeah, it's hard to hard to really to. For me, to, to really 
I pick out from out of all, as you say, a lot of the original fellas that used to be there in the middle, because you know you could depend on Russell coming there at the end. You always had Gale in there, and and would get some runs and so on. But the fellas that be making a lot of runs in the uh, in the like the CPL and the other matches around, fellas like like uh, Landon Simmons and so on. I don't know. Like, I don't even believe he's in the squad. Uh, and Hetmeyer and and yep. and, and those sort of fellas. I've, I mean, I can't. I, I'm not. I'm not too sure if either of those are in the squad if, and so on. Yes, but, yes. In fact, um, Linda Simmons is in the squad along with Shaman Hetmeyer. Both of them are in. Poran? And yes. in, in fact, Poran, I think, is the vice captain. Yes, because Poran is yes. the vice captain. Vice captain. Mm. Well, you have you've got you've got basically some fellas there, like the three of them. I mean, they've gone out to come and 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 try and 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 bat properly, though. I mean, not not they 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 have batting ability, but not to come and. And the Puran looks to see and and murder. They won't hit a six every ball. Six. Mm. You can hit a four every ball, but a lot easier than getting a six. It, and and they get out foolishly. I mean, it looks so bad. So yeah. it depending, it depends on a lot of the players. No batting with more maturity, and 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 so on. And then the spinners, uh, as you were talking about there, Andrew. That mm. the, the the you've got to look. You see a wrist spinner, a fella or turning the ball both ways is going to be a lot better than an accurate left arm, orthodox, or an off spinner, and so on. They've got to be able to, you know, both both of those got to have tremendous control, and so on. We don't have it. You've got the, the colors that you see from Afghanistan that bowl off breaks and the, and, 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 and the front arm bowler, and so on. But the, the real top ten are the, 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 the the leg spinners and uh, who are gonna bowl leg breaks and googlies at you all the time. The Indian spinners, the brothers from Afghanistan, they're they're the, they're the top men. But and everybody can have them, obviously, and so on. So you gotta use what you have and try and hope that the you know you don't play bowlers for the sake of playing. You're playing slow bowlers for the sake of playing slow bowlers uh, and so on. We've made that mistake already. If your best bowlers gonna be fast, medium bowlers, carry a couple of spare best bowlers at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Paul, stay with us. Stay with us too, of course, Ian as well. Just we're gonna just break away for just a couple of minutes because, of course, the action is uh, in in Saint Lucia. We found Ken Crafton, who is the curator. So we just want to have a quick word with him. Uh, Ken, how are you this evening? Good evening, Andrew. I'm I'm doing great. Have you ever met Prof Edwards? Oh, that's my buddy. <laughs> yes, well, well, of course, yeah, because, you know, Barbados, they've got some matches coming up too, um, very much uh, against Australia. Um, just quickly, um, when, when did you know that you had to start to prepare the pitch there uh, in St. Lucia? Because my understanding was that South Africa were going to be in Trinidad. Correct, Andrew. Um we we got some some um, information maybe about two weeks ago that it, it might be in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So, but during that time we, we had a, a competition going on at our stadium which lasted for 15 straight days. Um, so we were in, in cricket mode, and so it wasn't really a problem for us to switch quickly into international preparation. So you will have time to prepare this pitch then. No no challenges with preparing the the, the pitch. Not at all, Andrew. Um, we really did our square last year. We have six pitches on our block. Oh, six? Okay. Although we, yes, al- although we, we have um, the West Indies team having a, a, a training camp ahead of the tour. Um, that might be a little challenging, but we put in a good plan in place. 
and we should be able to, to come up okay with that. Do you have any concerns, Ken Crafton, at this time at all? Um, not at all in terms of the preparation and the kind of we, can, we want to prepare. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried at all about that. I, I think we'll be able to, to, to get it correctly. And in terms of this uh, um, training squad and all that, are they going to be playing what four-day matches uh, um, or two-day matches or whatever before the, the actual uh, test start? Right. Before the first test, we have a three-day game and also a four-day game. And when would that be, uh, may I ask? Let me just make a note. That, that it, will also be, it will also be played at the Darren Semic Bedroom on, on the same block. On the same okay. So, 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 so there's a three-day game, right? Yes. And that starts when? Um, please don't quote me, but it's around the 23rd or so. The 23rd? Yes, around that, yes. Okay, 23rd of May. And then there's another one when? Um, Andre, I don't have those dates on me right oh, now. Oh, you, you don't have the dates, but, but, but you, but you yeah, can but confirm that there will be a three-day match starting on the 23rd of May. Correct. The, the, the last body game ends six days before the first day. Oh, I see. Uh, wonderful. And just before you go, because I know you're a very, very, very busy man, um, you're going to be responsible for the pitches, of course, in Grenada and, and, and throughout the Caribbean as well? Absolutely. Um, I've been in touch with, with, with my colleagues, both Prof and my colleague in Grenada, mm-hmm. and um, we always keep in touch. So I know exactly what's happening in, mm-hmm. in those territories, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, we're all getting ready and prepared. Ken, you got a big job there as creator, you know. Um, they don't call them groundsmen anymore, you know. You're a creator, huh? Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. How has the job gone for you so far? You find it challenging or you, you like it? Well, I, I like it. It's, it's a work that I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I must say I'm getting full cooperation from all my colleagues around the region, mm-hmm. including Prof. Prof. Um, Prof and I, you know, we go along. Get on very well. It's always, yeah, we have good, good discussions. We, we speak about all aspects of, of, of our preparation. And we have a good, uh, a good understanding. What kind of pitch we should expect in St. Lucia? Well, typical Darren Semic Cricket Ground pitch, it will be a good cricket wicket. Mm-hmm. Um, we will get some, some, some bounce out of the, 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 the strips, I'm, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 it will be some typical to what we, we produce there. And in Grenada? Well, um, the nature of, of the games in Grenada would, would, would be T20. So mm-hmm. for sure we'll like flat hard wickets where batsmen can play for the line mm-hmm. and, and, and score runs. I see. So just before you go then, a couple of um, uh, practice matches before the actual start of the first test, which is going to be on what, June the 10th? Am I right? June the 10th? Correct, correct. Right. Correct. So, yes, so, so the players should, should get some good preparation then? Absolutely, they, they will. They will because mm-hmm. they'll be using the, the, the entire square, the entire block mm-hmm. to, to, to have the, the camp and, and, and practice sessions as well. Mm-hmm. Doc, before Ken Crafton goes, uh, any, any questions for him? Or, or, or you want to let him go and start to... Yeah. And Ken, Ken, over your tenure as curator and looking at all the all the pitches in the Caribbean, are there any concerns you have about the surfaces that we have in the Caribbean, be it related to quality, variations, uh, you know, the historical nature of them? Are there any concerns you have? Well, not, not concerns, but um, I'd, I'd be happier if our program can, can be tighter, like get more assistance from the authorities and um, because we, we, we all have a fair idea as to what we, we, we're trying to get and um, sometimes we don't, don't we, not, we do not get the resources we need on time 
and our equipment, our equipment level in the Caribbean is, is, is not where it ought to be. And those things would, would, would hamper our, our actual ability to perform and prepare the pitches we really want to prepare. So, so is it a financial limitation or is it, uh, you know, trying to get, get mobilized? What, what, what is the, the real limiting factor that you, you're alluding to? Okay, well, as I explained about equipment, um, we would, would make requests for certain equipment through our, our ground authorities, and those things would, 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 would take forever, sometimes not come at all. Ooh. And um, in, in, in the maintenance of our squares, we need some, some specialized equipment. We need scarifiers. We need, we, we, we need um, aerators. Um, we need to have a proper management um, team or, or, or management understanding when we have games. Um, we, we, we cannot cover the pitches at 4 o'clock and, and head home. Um, the the, the two-hour, with the sun out, on those covers, it will destroy our grass and get our grass root system extremely weak, and that will compromise our, our, our quality of pitches. So it, it, it's a few things like that, and most times the authorities look for dollars and cents and try to not want to pay over time, and it, 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 it's a bit like that. Mm. Interesting, no? What about the outfield? When you look at the outfield, uh, I know that may not be that may be bearing away from your your focus, but the outfield. Mm. Uh, and then you mentioned grass, you know, grass growing through the the pitch as we as we would see in other climates, even though it may not be so for our climate. Um, are you happy about how how they stand up? Considering we have to use mm -hmm. the same grounds for many many practice matches and many matches. Well, how do you think we're doing there? Right, it, it's very, very, very challenging because when you have a game on the square, um, you, you cannot water the rest of the pitches as much as you want. Um, I mean, the, the whole square becomes an outfield, mm. so it has to be dry. It has to be dry enough for, for players to run on. So you limited us to what you could do. But um, because we have started so early and we will spend the long hours to irrigate and to give the sprinkling on, on a daily basis, even during those games. So we'll keep our, our, our grass as strong as possible so that you can withstand those five days of the test matches. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thanks, uh, uh, Mr. Crafton, oh. Ken Crafton. Um, uh, perhaps you could bring Prof Edwards in here. Prof, no doubt you're looking forward to hosting the Australians. Your preparations would have started at Kensington Oval already, Prof? Well, we, yeah, well, we had, we had um, obviously, we had a, a, some, some of the volcanic dust and we've done um, some cleaning as much as we can on the square to get it ready. And we have started, we've cut the, the, the whole square and have identified three pitches which we will be using for the uh, ODIs. And then if, in fact, we get in the T20s, we will be able to then just switch on to, to, to the T20s on one of those pitches or, or two of them. So we are, we are in a pretty good position. The square is looking good. And... Uh, and uh, you know, right now we, are, we we think we get in these games and we're preparing for them, but we don't know things can change with, with, with this COVID around and if they have flare-ups or whatever. But we are we are, we are getting ready. And as Ken was just saying, that the trouble is that we, we can get things done, you know. But uh, imagine that you in, in, with the na international grounds, uh, international fixtures, and so on. Lots of our our grounds. Are, are lacking in basic equipment that ordinary little clubs in England would have as a as a part of their normal uh, inventory for preparing and, and looking after the, the pitch and the square and so on. We don't have like specialized tools and so on. So 
we, but we make out and we get through with them bit by and large and, and uh, we, we're, we're in a good position here if um, in, in preparation for when the Australians come for the ODIs here. So you have no concerns at all then, Prof? Do you expect... Um, well, you always have concerns. You always know, you know, you mm. always have... You think, but you always are... are, are but you, 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 you've done the basics and you know what you've got to do to get... The main thing is to... to um, Mm-hmm. To go ahead and, and 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 continue with what you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. and uh, and and so on, covering the, the square, the, where your the pitches that you're getting ready. You, you, what happens then? You cover all six pitches we have in the square. Uh, there are six pitches. Mm-hmm. So by covering the, the pitches that you're preparing, you're covering the whole square. So a lot of the grass then gets uh, it doesn't get uh, sunlight. They can get photosynthesis, so the grass starts to die and so on. But you 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 know you expose it as much as you can and, and during the day and you get a little sprinkle on it but you got to be careful with that playing watering uh, alongside other pitches that you have uh, you know getting matches ready for you don't want to be sprinkling the water if you're getting them ready so but so this all this is a part of of, of looking after the sphere getting the pitches ready and all the the, the, the people involved know this and uh, and. All this is a part of it. So although you say we're ready and there's no worries, you're always a, you've got to pay attention to detail. Mm-hmm. I see. Well, um, stay with us, Prof, because uh, Dr. Kishore Shallow, the Vice President, has, has joined me um, on the show as well. And, uh, of course, we've got Ian Bradshaw. Ian, let's spend a little time at Kensington Oval. Um, you would have played a lot of cricket for Barbados and, of course, for the, the West Indies at Kensington Oval. Some people say that the Kensington Fishers slowed considerably um, in the last couple of years. Have you found that, Ian Bradshaw? Oh, well, there was a period, I remember we played Pakistan. Was it Pakistan? Here um, a couple of years ago, I, it could be wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think that's the correct team. Mm-hmm. And it was a very dry surface. And I was very concerned. But I think in recent times, I, I've, I've seen that there, there's been an improvement. I think in general, Andrew, mm-hmm. um, the pitches in the in the Caribbean and the last few seasons have been prepared in a way that that helps West Indies cricket. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mr. Preston has to be complimented for the work that he's been doing. Um, and I hope that we find ways to to continue to share his experience and, uh, and build up the, the art of being a a, a curator mm-hmm. because it is the development of the associated services that will build and maintain rest in this cricket. It's just not about the bat and the ball. I mean, it's the commentators too as well. Um, all of these things go into the whole production of the cricket, and sometimes it's, it's overlooked. So we complement the work that, that he's been doing. Mm-hmm. And um, where Kensington is concerned, I, I'm hoping to see pitches that will provide entertaining cricket um, and, and, and balance. All right, let, let, let's pause for business calls. When we come back, I'm going to certainly be asking Dr. Shallow, as the Vice President of Cricket West Indies, if he's happy with the pitches in the Caribbean. But, of course, we've got to make some money, Mason, and guesses brought to an association. Yes, indeed. We are pausing for a cause. You're listening to The Cricket Show. And just want to remind our friends that each and every Sunday... From 6 until 9 p.m., we bring you Pure Cricket Talk, and you can join us by calling 
1515-605-9850. And you can retrieve our past episode in our website, blogtalkradio.com forward slash the cricket show. Let's go back to Barbados and see if they are ready for us. Oh, cricket West Indies, Dr. Kishore Shallow there in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Good evening to you, Dr. Shallow. How are you? Good evening, Andrew. Good afternoon. Uh, good evening to you, to your guests as well and all your listeners. Mm-hmm. Now, before we talk about pitches, uh, how have you been doing um, as a volcano going, going back to sleep? I think we all are hoping so. Um, <laughs> we haven't had any flare. Um, no, no, that no. hasn't been confirmed. Oh, I see. I see. But, but, but what it, it, has, it, has, it hasn't been confirmed just yet. Mm. What has your experience been like, though? I mean, you know, I was driving home a couple of weeks ago, and boy, I mean, I saw this thing. I said, what was going on there? I could barely make it home. And in fact, on my roof, I had about over 100 pounds uh, of, of ash. And I know that Dr. Ford, given the number of um, tongue houses he's had, he's had to spend a lot of money on getting um, that ash off. How has it been for you, though, Dr. Shallow? Um, personally, um, I'm, I'm fine. Uh, my family and I are, are quite comfortable. Um, mm. However, um, our reality is not necessarily the same like, like uh, thousands of persons who have been displaced or uh, who have their, their houses destroyed. Mm. Um, obviously, some infrastructure, you know, damage as well in the in the rural part of the country. But I think generally we are doing good as intentions. Um, we are quite resolute people and resilient, and so we we have accepted our reality, accepted that this is what we have we have to deal with now. And so I think most persons are quite optimistic that we are going to get get across whatever challenges that are there. And that you know we'll see brighter days not too long from mm. now. So so things so things are looking a lot better now in the last week or two. Uh, yeah, the volcano hasn't dropped the last half week, so so that is quite positive. Um, so much so that the the SVD Cricket Association, which um and the former president, but still close um, associated with, with the members, they we have started a, a tournament, a cricket tournament, the T10. Tournament, oh. Premier League, which I'm sure you're familiar yes, with. Yes, so I that am, tournament yes. started last Saturday, and so it, it, you know that's quite positive. And it was really to, you know, bring some positive energy to people, give people, you know, something mm. to smile right, about. Right. And, and so far, um, exceptional, I would say, the crowd support has been fantastic because we are allowed crowd, but oh. obviously we have to practice the, the you know, the, the protocols and so on. Mm-hmm. Given to us by national task force. Mm-hmm. All right, J- just stay with us. We're not going to keep Prof Edwards too much longer because I know he loves to see the uh, the news. I mean, that's a big thing, really. It's an institution. Um, Prof, there's been some criticism of Kensington over over the years. They say that the pitch at Kensington has gotten slow. How do you respond to that? But when when exactly was that criticism levied, and what year, and and so on? Fazir Mohammed, Fazir Mohammed, who joins me, tells me from the time when Richie Richardson was playing and captain. Well, I I, I remember they had a very slow pitch when we played Australia one time, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, a leg spinner, um, McGill got man in match play by getting 
well, we get to any match or something like that, and so on. And what Steve Walter, it was the slowest pitch he'd ever played on, <laughs> and so on. And then, and then, uh, well, that that would have happened, and, and so on. But I can't remember in the, in the in the since I've come back down to Kensington that the pitches have been slow. We played against England two mm. years ago when when um, Jason Holder made a double century. Right. One day they didn't lose any wickets at all, and then another day lost seventeen, I think it was. Mm. And then and uh, I saw Stoke. Um, make my uh, very uncomfortable with some bouncers that that yes, yes. rambling on a few occasions. It, so it, it didn't seem that slow to me mm. uh, at that uh, at that time. But every every this is always a big topic. No, I watched pitches in Australia and uh, South Africa and so on with the, the ball dropping three times before it reaches the keeper on a first day. Mm. Never see that at Kensington. No, okay. And so I I, I wonder if, if people come up with an idea that. They want to see the ball taking off and just flying past people's heads off a length or something like that. Mm. You want a pitch that is going to play, come on to the bat, even good even bounce, mm-hmm. and uh, and that the bowlers will get something out of it and so on. Mm-hmm. You tend to tend to leave more grass on the pitches now mm-hmm. than in past time. So uh, we try our best to get it, but uh, there are always people that are going to come and, and look at it. Like the England came when that pitch two years ago. And, and Goff and some other fellas went out on the, on the thing and looked at it and said it, the pitch looked spotty, it, looked, it didn't look even and all mm-hmm. things. Yep. Our pitches, we will never get pitches to look like New Zealand pitches or English pitches because it's a different type of soil we have. And uh, the grass is not does not cover it evenly like that. We roll and the more, to get the pitch hard, you got to roll it. Mm. And the more you roll, the more you burn off the grass. There's at the top will, will burn off, although the grass roots are still underneath. And there's grass in the surface, but underneath, and the rolling level. So it, it, the pitches tend to look a little, little mottled, but but they're perfectly level in Barbados that I can talk about. Mm. So, so I'm 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 defending the position here that the pitches I have been responsible for or with, with other, other other players, other people have not been uh, slow dead pitches in the last few years. Mm. Uh, Fazir, you want to respond to that? I mean, you heard Prof. Good evening to you, Fazir. I, I, Good, good evening uh, to you, Andrew. Good evening, all. Good evening, Prof. Uh, I, uh, and, and by the way, can I mention to Dr. Sh- uh, to Dr. Shallow that he called that T10 tournament the Ashes? Uh, because why not? Why not? Because it seems to want to copy everything. Wonderful, that, wonderful. That the Australians and England. Why don't we call, call that T10 tournament yes, the Ashes? Yes, yes. Fazi, uh, we actually call it from the Ashes. Oh, really? Uh, wonderful. Uh, that's fine. That's fantastic. But but and in answering to the, the, the situation of Kensington over, look, you're never going to always get it right. But from my own limited experience, Kensington has arguably been the best pitch that we've had in the Caribbean consistently. Mm. Yes, you'll have the odd time when mm. it was slow. And the time Prof is referring to was 2003 when Steve Waugh had a lot to say. The Australians always have a lot to say. The English always have a lot to say uh, about different things. You know, and we, because we are essentially colonial, we get worked about everything that they say. But Australia won the test match, and they won it comfortably as well. So what if they had to work hard to get victory? Isn't that what test match cricket is all about? Mm. But again, pointing it out correctly, look at what happened in the last few test matches. Look at what happened in the first-class matches, where we've seen Shane Dorrich get injured, uh, where we've seen Lendl Simmons get injured uh, in, in a four-day match from the Tobago versus Barbados a couple of seasons ago. So yeah, there, there will be times when maybe everything doesn't work out exactly as you'd want it to be. I remember Brian Lara turning around and giving ironic applause to Charlie Joseph at Sabina Park in 2006 on a real steaming track 
in which Rahul Dravid plays probably the two best innings that he's ever played, and he didn't get anywhere close to 100. But it, it really tested the skill mm-hmm. of a batsman. Mm-hmm. So you, you will never have that perfect situation all the time. And I think it's overdone. A lot of these things about pitches, and yes, I understand people being very sensitive about it. From the moment you say something about Queen's Park Oval, everybody gets worked up at the Queen's Park Cricket Club, and they want to point to this, that, and the other. These things happen. Sometimes things don't work out exactly as you'd like, but on balance, overall, can we really say that Kensington Oval has by any way, shape, or form been a bad track, bad, bad track for cricket? Mm-hmm. All right. Well done. Uh, we're going to come to Ian and come back to Kishore. Just before you go, though, uh, Richard, um, your reaction to the fact that um, people like Chase, Brooks, and Heckmar, they didn't get contracts. And that has been a lot of talk for the last two or three, three weeks. Your reaction? Were you surprised? Well, I would have thought that Chase and Hetmeyer would have got um, contracts. Brooks has been a, a little borderline He's not done as well and so on. But Chase has a history of being a, a performer. And Hetmeyer, you, you've still got to try with him until he gets so frustrated. At the end, you say, well, look, I, I can't do it anymore. I give up that if he doesn't produce. Mm-hmm. So I was I was a little surprised at Hetmeyer and, and and Chase for sure not getting uh, contracts and 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 uh, but maybe but they'll they'll have to work they're still young I mean Hetmeyer is very young and Chase has been around for a bit but they're too good uh, Chase is too good to just uh, to, to sort of leave him by the wayside I, I think he should get back his play and Brooks looks polished he plays some tidy innings and so on fence isn't isn't great sometimes he's he a bit not tight enough with the ball moving around. But he's, when he gets on, on, on good pitches and he gets in, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a nice player to watch. Everybody likes to play, timing that he does. So there are, there are players out there, but they've got to work on, to get themselves back into the team. Mm-hmm. Prof, do you think it's the end of the road for Brooks? I don't think so. I think Brooks, he could, he's, he's, had a, he's, be, he's come back a renaissance already, but he could work hard, come back, and, 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 and try and, get, and recall. I mean, happened to other players overseas from uh, in other countries who've been left out for a while and then they, 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 they do well and they come back, get a pick again and do well to the end, they finish their career then as a test cricketer until they retire. So it could happen with Brooks as well. But he got an show the resolve and the character to come back now and, and prove that he's good enough to, to be to perform in that crowd. Final question, Prof. South Africa are coming. The first test match starts on June the 10th. What are your expectations of the test matches and then the shorter uh, version? What are your expectations? Well, I'm hoping that the West Indies will, will, will be able to perform better than they've, they've done. They've, they've, looked, they've not been, they've, they're playing that they're like, almost like they're not too sure and confident. They're not playing to me as, 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 like, as confident as a side that they should be. I, South Africa is a, is a different sort of attack to, to Sri Lanka. Uh, Sri Lanka. And, uh, and and so on. They have a good ball in that. So South Africa is a good, good strong side, and and they will test the uh, the West Indies. But I believe West Indies can give a, a good performance and can win. But um, but they're gonna have to play good cricket. They gotta be consistent and they gotta work it out and, and mm. tough it out uh, on the field and show the resolve that is necessary to win on the big day. Mm. Well, Richard, I want to thank you very much indeed. Uh, for coming on, Mason and guests, and enjoy the rest of your evening. Yeah, well, thank you. Before I go, I'd just like to say uh, that uh, I'm glad that you had Kent on because 
I've mm. known Ken now for over 20 years. We okay. met uh, years back when we were, I was carrying out um, the seminars on pitches and so on, 20, uh, 2001 or two, sometime like that. And uh, he's progressive. And Ken knows all the science about the, the pitches. And we, on the seminars we've had, we've had in the Caribbean, the, the, we, we know uh, a lot more about why pitches, how they perform. And, and that's why we can sometimes, uh, confidently know with the knowledge of the of the science of what is expected from particular soils, know what to expect, and that's why we we can sort of predict with, with some confidence what you, you should get and what to expect. All right, Richard Prof Edwards, former West Indies fast bowler, thank you very much for coming on, Mason and guests. You're most welcome. All right, very insightful as usual. Coming up to three minutes past the hour of seven o'clock Eastern Caribbean time as we continue our discussion on Mason and guests. 441790 is the number. Uh, we've got Dr. Kishore Shallow with us. And we were talking, Dr. Shallow, uh, to Richard Prof Edwards about pitches. We had earlier on Ken Crafton. Is Cricket West Indies happy with the pitches across the region? Can you just speak my answer to that? I just, I have to run in five minutes because I told you that I had another engagement. I told my son birthday and we're having a little party from just outside Okay, are you going to be wearing run, run, uh, are you going to be wearing your mask? Are we good? We observe any protocol. No <laughs> so, so, so the answer is yes. <laughs> Fast here, you're naughty man. <laughs> yes, but but but, 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 but I will tell you that, uh, that all the others that the party are vaccinated. They are indeed. We have all had our I like so, that. You know, and I will encourage everyone to go and get the vaccine. But um, we 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 realize that there are opportunities for improvement with with our pitches. Um, we want to see more consistency. We want to see our ground staff, our creators um, across the region, mm. understanding the, the, the science behind, behind um, you know, producing pitches, you know, and, and be able to replicate them, you know, every time. And I think that is something that we need We're just losing you a little bit there, um, Dr. Shallow. Discussing how they could improve. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. Final question before you go. Um, yes. Yes. Sorry, Andrew. I'm just going on. No problem. Just before you go, Dr. Shallow, um, a lot of discussion about the whole question of contracts. We had Roger Harper on last week, and he was grilled by Dr. Ford. And I asked him the question, you know, do you think that the contract could be tweaked in any way? And he kind of suggested that perhaps is, is what it is, and perhaps there is a possibility that it may happen. When you look at it and the kind of outcry that we had from the public, do you think that given the criteria that there may be a little bit of a tweak going forward? I can guarantee you that tweak or not, you're going to have criticism and different persons are going to be sharing their opinion. Um, so that's never going to change. Let us accept that. But I would say that the, we, we are looking at the system, the rubric, for awarding grades and so on for the, with these contracts. Um, I expect that by next contractual period, we'll have an improved system in terms of how we award these contracts. Um, the director of cricket, Jimmy Adams, um, myself and others have been involved in that process over the last few months. Uh, and we've been working closely with Reaper as well, who want to ensure that you know we are on, the, on a level playing field, both from cricket, the side and the players. 
right? So we are looking at improving the rubric system. Mm. So then we can, so then we can confirm then. You, you, Vice President Shallow is saying that there will be changes to the criteria for the contract um, coming up soon. Can we can, can we quote you on that, Doctor Shallow? You, you you can quote that we are we are exploring uh, to improve the system. Oh. And that is expected for the next contractual period. Mm-hmm. You've got one more minute left, and I know your very good friend, Dr. Ford, who's not wearing his mask. He's not been invited to your party. You must have a question for Dr. Shadow. Dr. Ford. Uh, I'd, be, I'd be disappointed if I leave without a question from Dr. Ford. <laughs> Dr. Ford. Yeah, well, well. <laughs> I want you, uh, Dr. Shallow, to put into context the, the volcano and the displaced uh, individuals in your camps and COVID mm. and, you know, how you guys are that. Yeah, um, we, we have taken all that into consideration. Um, what we have displaced and in shelters and what we have done, we have taken them from those shelters and put them in a separate apartment. So they are in our apartment by themselves at this point. In addition to that, yes, Fiji Cricket Association, um, has um, provided players because players lost gaze, you know, had to run out their houses, their, their homes, left the gaze behind and so on. They have given thousand US water cricket gaze to those mm-hmm. to some of these cricketers as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we have taken on that, you know, we have looked at the situation. Um, I'm sure the players, you know, they still, you know, obviously with that ex- experience, they they, they are some of them hurt because they have lost a lot. Um, total experience, new experience for all of us, or most of us anyway, the cricketers certainly, because they, they are all under age 40 when the volcano were up there in 1979, so they want to run. So it's new, even for me, it's just my first experience. And so mm-hmm. we, we have accepted it, but what I would say is that being able to play cricket now, you know, it's certainly a great distraction. Um, I'm sure for them to see their friends and families in the pavilion, cheering them on and, and laughing and enjoying themselves is uh, pleasing. And, you know, that is what cricket can do. And that is why people love cricket so much. And that is why, you know, I expect that, um, you know, we are going to continue the government, you know, especially after this this, this experience, going to see the, the importance of cricket and sports. And, you know, I really think that going forward, you know, mm. we just have to ensure that this sort of, overwhelming support I've seen for the for because of this volcano to Vincent and I want to thank everyone who has lent the support to us. I want to see the same unity going forward, Andrew. You know, um mm-hmm. we have to unite as a people. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think it's important and disasters like the, the eruption from the volcano and even COVID, you know, certainly drives us in um uh, drive us into becoming you know, closer to each other. Forty five seconds. Um you, you got left <laughs> Um, before you go to your son's birthday party with your mask on. Um, South Africa, you got Australia, Pakistan coming. Any possibility that we may have fans in the stands? We, we are discussing that with the, with the authorities, whether it's in um, St. Louis or Grenada. Um, mm. We're hoping that by the time we get over those, we, we can have spectators. Obviously, uh, we, we have to be responsible. We have to manage the situation in a responsible mm-hmm. way. Um, I have been sort of at the forefront of championing that in you know being because obviously I've spoken to my prime minister and that he has been leading in that regard. Whereas we have to coexist with, 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 with COVID. 
but we have to do so in a responsible way because you know we we have to absorb and, and, and accept the risk. And what we're doing is encouraging people to take the vaccine, take the vaccine, and show that will take us closer to to returning to the stadium to support cricket and support the players. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that by the time we get to St. Lucia, Grenada, and certainly Barbados um, later on in the, in, the, in the summer, you know, that we'll be able to have a few spectators. And I'll tell you this. Vaccinate people. Go and get the vaccine. And, and I'll tell you this before you go that Dominica is very upset. They're saying they have no real COVID cases down there. And you have not brought cricket to Dominica. The Dominicans are not happy, Dr. Shallow. Why have you left out Dominica? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, you know, Vincent Jones have been saying similar. Vincent Jones have been saying But you got Ash. But you got Ash. <laughs> no, There's an excuse there. Not that that is very clear. Not that that is very clear. The point is that sports across the region, Barbados, where there's some kids, um, mm. Jamaica, everywhere else, you know, would, would be happy to get some international cricket. And we mm. are committed cricket to Dominica. Um, so I think we have a meeting with the Dominican um, cricket of the, the, the DCA, Dominican Cricket Association, and the Ministry, yes, Ministry of Sports and Health there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we are going to discuss how we can move forward. But we have been working with Dominica to ensure that, you know, mm-hmm. things are in place. Mm-hmm. Um, so that when we bring cricket there, you know, it can be done in a, in a well-managed environment. So mm-hmm. we, we do look forward to taking cricket to every part of the Caribbean, Andrew. Not, not only in, in um, St. Lucia, Jamaica, Guyana, Barbados, wherever it's scheduled for the upcoming tours. But we have also next year a mm-hmm. few series where we expect countries like Dominica and others to, to express interest in hosting these international series. Thank you, Dr. Shallow. Enjoy the rest of your evening. With your son on his birthday, yeah, I think thank you, not... you. Thank, thank you, Andrew. Fazia Mohammed just sent me. Fazia just sent me a note and, and told me that your son is six. Is that true? It's <laughs> half of that, but I was going to say that <laughs> I'm sorry I can't too long, that so I can interact a bit more with Fazia because we have never really had the opportunity to interact on in your program. So one of these days, mm, we have yes, to put yes, I, 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 I will do that. So a combination of Ford, Muhammad, and Shallow. Oh my golly, that should make a great company. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> and we have to keep Ian to keep the balance there too, because Ian keeps things nice and calm. Oh, you're so very calm, like man. Ian very calm, <laughs> man. Yes, very calm guy. You know, he takes his time. No, but no one. All right. Enjoy the rest of your evening. All right. Take care. All right. Muhammad, lots to talk across the region about these contracts with. Hatton Meyer and Brooks not getting contracts. Um, I think the um, Vice President, Dr. Shallow, is intimating that, of course, uh, we're going to have some changes. And when we come back from a commercial break, I would like you to talk about that. And also, as well, Fazir, as we're going to open the lines, we want to look at the whole question of this provisional squad. We've got uh, Fidel Edwards in the squad along with Christopher Gale, known the rank, Ocean Thomas is that. Mason and Guest is brought to the association with our very good friends at Bobbins Lottery promoting youth sport and culture. Yes, indeed. You are listening to the cricket show, and we are bringing you Mason and Guest. As usual, we'd like to extend an invitation to you. Join us on Sunday 
from 6 until 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time each and every Sunday evening. You had some very interesting guests in the past few weeks. Um, we're hoping that we can continue to provide you with entertainment. You want to say thanks to our friends over in Australia, those of you who are listening to us in the UK, and those who are also enjoying us all over the Caribbean. We are grateful for the kind of support we have been get, getting financially from the member number of people around our part of the world. And we are praying that we'll continue to be with you for a long time. Back to Mason and Guest. Well, well, I suppose I can leave you to give the reaction, seeing that you've quoted me twice already when I did a single thing uh, <laughs> in, in relation to a, to a couple of comments a little while ago. But uh, th- th- that, that, that's the way it goes. But in any event, there will always be an issue. When, whether it's a selection of a team, mm. selection of a squad, selection for a contract, selection of a coach, no matter who you select, there will always be someone somewhere in the Caribbean who is blue-vexed about it and will find myriad reasons as to why this was an atrocious selection and so on. At the end of the day, it comes down to not just the, the statistics, the data, the, the, the parameters that they would have set, but it's also subjective. It's also about what those who are required to make those decisions, what they see in that individual. Do they see that this, this player is really putting in the effort, putting in the work, that suggests that maybe he needs to be sent a message uh, by, by not, not giving him that opportunity. So there, there are a number of, uh, of factors that are tied into it. And, and as I said, if they had selected Hetmeyer and selected Shamar Brooks and not selected Darren Bravo and selected someone else, people would be quarreling about something else or someone else. So the, 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 that, that, is, that is part of the course when mm. it comes, especially in a place as divisive as the Caribbean. Mm. Just before we come to the provisional um, squad, the 18 players, um, Ian Bradshaw, you just heard Dr. Shallow talk about that contract, and you get the feeling, not only from him, but from Roger Harper, it's going to be tweaked. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, I mean, you've you got people like Hetmer and Chase and Brooks not, not, not getting contracts. I'm disappointed that there's no developmental contract. I certainly would have given a contract to young Shamar Holder. I think he's won. For the future, you've got to look after him. I would have given some serious consideration to the young um, Jaden Seals because he looks like one that um, is going to be with us, you know, perhaps pretty soon. He's a good bowler, and, and they're, they're eyeing him. What is your, your view on the contract? W- would you tweak it, Ian Bradshaw? Well, certainly in the more um, well-off members of the ICC, Mm-hmm. You see there is a wider pool of persons being offered contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that forgive us, Sydney's would have suffered over the last year um, due to the impact of the pandemic. I'm not too sure if this restricted the number of contact, contracts that, that they could have uh, issued this time around. What is important with the issuance of contracts is the consistency of the process, Andrew. Mm-hmm. I, I agree if I say with the fact that, look, when it comes to selection, there, there, there will always be uh, areas of concern. But where the, where the contracts um, have been issues in the past, from my, my understanding, for the most part, they, they follow a particular structure. And um, the Players Association 
um, should be playing a part in ensuring that there's consistency in the process. And once that consistency is, is followed, then it kind of mitigates against um, some of the suspicion in the process. Um, you, you have speculators there, they'll do a job, and when there are cases where they are borderline, they'll have to make a decision, as straightforward as that. Um, but from a player standpoint, you want to ensure that there's consistency in the process because you may get in one year based on particular criteria, and you got to understand that if your performances do not merit um, it the second time around, then you will fall on the other side of the fence. So for me, um, it's the consistency of the process. And like anything else, there's always the need to, to, to review a process. So I'm pleased that Cricket West Indies are open enough to understand that their processes must be subject for, for review. We know in the past, Cricket West Indies have, have been stubborn in certain areas. So the constant review leads to the uh, integrity of the process. Mm-hmm. Dr. Ford, uh, do you welcome Roland Holder? Any questions? Oh, well, uh, welcome to Roland. Uh, I must say up and on. Uh, Roland, how, how are the logistics looking for the, for the tours, uh, the home tours with, with these countries visiting us for the first time since uh, COVID-19? The bigger boys. Roland? Or maybe Roland. maybe Roland isn't there or he's on mute. Mm, Roland, um, Roland? Well, in that case I'll Ooh. Okay. In that case I'll move to to Fazer. Fazer, I you know, I I you know, COVID nineteen has been such a big challenge for for us all. And one of the challenges is that less cricket was played. So the ability to assess the player over a certain period was reduced by that and also because some players were given the option to opt out of, of tours. So from a statistical standpoint, it makes the, you know, the, the cadre of games that a player can play so small that sometimes the stats don't really do justice to what the player has done. And, and I go back to uh, shortly to a discussion uh, with going back to Hetmeyer and, and Bravo, for example. Um, if, if we go a little further back and look at 2019 and 2020, uh, we know that let's let's look at, at Bravo for example in one day international he he would have averaged uh, 23 in 2019 and 21 in 2020. His T20 stats were a lot worse at at 10.6 and and maybe nine. But in the recent one day international, he had four innings. He had one knockout. And he made 100 in his last inning. So the question is, with all these other things I mentioned that I preface my discussion with, you know, we, we look at Hetmeyer, who didn't get to play in, in that time period, and, but had a really good season the year before. So the question is, trying to make that decision as to who gets the contract and who doesn't, sometimes there seems an inequity in the decision at the end. You're, and you're absolutely right, Doc, because, and, and that's why Brady made the point of wanting to have consistency in the process. And, and that's why I brought up the point about the subjective element, because there's nowhere anywhere in the cricketing world or in the sporting world, for mm. example, where you just simply pull the stats and pick everyone on the basis of the best performance 
over the last 12 months. I don't know anywhere in the world where, where, where that is done. If, if that is the parameter, then you don't need selectors. And, and, and that is where the issue comes in. And that's why I said, I'm, I'm, I'm speculating, of course, but again, in the case of a Hetmeyer, for example, for someone who was really hailed as, as a, a shining light, a brilliant talent and so on, to have issues with his fitness on at least two occasions, to have issues with his focus uh, throughout much of 2019 after he had started the year so well. And, 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 and again, we, we don't know all that is going on behind the scenes. Some people, we, we often assume a lot of things that nobody's talking to him or he doesn't listen or this lecture should, should really do a lot more to mentor him or maybe give him a contract as to encourage him. Maybe it's, it's the converse that you, you want to get that player to understand. Look, please see you as someone with a phenomenal amount of talent, but at the moment you don't seem to want to maximize it. And it's up to the individual to say, look, rather than go in a corner and sulk that I haven't been given a contract, whether it's Rostin Chief, whether it's Etmire, whether it's Shamar Books, or anyone else for that matter, shouldn't they look upon it as a motivation to prove the selectors wrong? Even if you look at it in that way, or, or to show that, look, I'm better than this. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a lot better cricketer than this. So there, there are many different elements, there, but I do take Brady's point that if there's a clear case of inconsistency in the parameters, that has to be addressed. And I think Dr. Shallow alluded to, to the need to improve on it. But, but again, even if they do improve on it, even if everybody signs off on it for 2021, 2022, you know they're still going to get cut in mm. 12 months' time, depending mm. on who gets the contract and who doesn't. 44179. Yeah, just, just, just before you come in again, Doc. Is rolling with yeah, we, yeah, I think we got him now. 441790, give us a call and participate in the show if you want to. Um, Roland Holder. Hello, Roland. Do we have you now? Hello, Roland. Hi, Andrew. Oh, we got you. Okay. How are things looking there in St. Lucia? The guys are well settled? I'm comfortably in Antigua, Andrew. Mm, but but, um, <laughs> but you would know what's happening in St. Lucia as, as, as the yes, big man. Yes, I do. Um, oh, well, tell us. Uh, the, the, uh, the West Indies camp squad, those who arrived, they arrived between Saturday, Sunday, some arrived today, mm -hmm. uh, yesterday, etc. Flight availability is, is, um, has fractured the, the timing for a person's arrival. Um, so basically, those that, are, that arrived yesterday, the majority of them arrived yesterday, and we would have had to put on a charter flight to try to get as many people as possible into St. Lucia. So on Sunday, there was a flight that operated Guyana, Trinidad, mm. Barbados into St. Lucia which took the majority of the players. So it would have connected, it would have left the Barbados five, just after 5 p.m. in order to allow those persons from Jamaica who flew in on the Cal flight, which landed, which was a little late on, on Sunday, actually, um, which allowed them to connect to that charter flight into St. Lucia. There's a, there aren't many options of getting persons out of Trinidad, so hence, another reason for the charter. And again, travel from Guyana and it avoided players having to go through the US and in some cases having to overnight in the US in order to get into St. Lucia. So we've had, we put on that charter, those persons that arrived on Sunday are still in quarantine. They do a period of quarantine and then, so the camp officially starts with the mm -hmm. active work, I believe on Friday. Mm -hmm. Just before Dr. Ford comes in, how long is that quarantine period? 
uh, for the players it is. <laughs> um, so let me just explain it. So it is four days in the hotel. Mm-hmm. But even when you leave the hotel for the next few days, you're only allowed to, to train amongst yourselves. So there's no mingling with outside persons, etc. Mm-hmm. So in reality, the quarantine is, is four days within the hotel um, where you undergo a couple of tests and you're not allowed to leave the hotel until your second test result comes back negative. And then when you leave the hotel, mm-hmm. you're still in some measure of quarantine and only allowed to train in small groups and within those groups. Are the players vaccinated? Uh, some are, some aren't. Um, it, it's a personal choice, as it is for everyone. Mm. Dr. Ford, you want to pick up on that one? Right. The Roland, your the most of the cricket is being played in in localized areas, but then you have decreased airlift and therefore less opportunities to get everyone in, the South Africans, the Australians, uh, how is it more difficult now during COVID compared to uh, pre-COVID? Let, let me put it to you this way. South Africa can only get as far as St. Martin. Okay. So we have to move them from St. Martin to St. Lucia. Australia don't wish to, to go through the various airports, et cetera, um, and run the risk of, of being infected. Mm. So they are chartering a flight from Dalanda. Oh, really? Um, I guess that answers your question. And Pakistan? Pakistan Pakistan are coming from the UK, so um, they're somewhat easier. There's a flight from Manchester that will get them to their first port of entry. Mm -hmm. entry, So that is somewhat easier for them. Dr. Ford, just just before you come in, doctor, I know you've got a question. So when would the South Africans be arriving to St. Lucia? They're scheduled to arrive on June 1st. June the 1st, and the first test match is June the 10th. Mm, Correct. It's pretty tight. Doctor Ford? Is it? Doctor? Yeah, uh, it, it does <laughs> sound like a, a quick turnaround to a nice type. But do we have to pick up the bill for, for chartered flights? Do you think uh, it's more expensive to, to get people in compared to when, is, when there's no COVID? Most definitely, yes. Um, from where we sit, we've had to fly persons through the U.S. to get them into various countries, whether it's Antigua, whether mm-hmm. it is um, St. Lucia. We've had to fly people through the U.S. They are literally, there are almost no flights coming out of Trinidad, so you can't mm-hmm. put somebody on, a, on an airplane on mm-hmm. a daily basis and say, hey, mm-hmm. you need to get to point A or B. So, yes, they are, they are challenges. It's more expensive, um, more time-consuming. Your journey, in some instances, will take even longer. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we know that uh, Marcus Lamashine may can't, can't make it due to logistical problems getting here. Uh, have any of our players experienced difficulties getting back to the region? Uh, it's that not... I think that decision is an Australia decision. I think Australia made the decision mm-hmm. that they want all their players to leave from Australia. So to do that, you have to be mm-hmm. in Australia. Okay. Unfortunately, he can't get back to Australia. Oh, I see. Are there any questions for Roland? 
just one because uh, th this will be my final contribution because uh, I do have the, the, the pop off in a few minutes. Uh, Roland, uh, great to, to hear from you. Uh, and, uh, how, how long do you think, because of the costs involved, and you just uh, uh, really expertly outlined the logistical challenge, for example, right here in Trinidad and Tobago, all borders have been closed since mm. March 23rd last year, mm. and it's, it's, it's been an enormous challenge. Mm. How, how much longer can this be sustained financially? by Cricket West Indies, because it, it, it really adds significantly to the overall bill of mm. staging international cricket, because mm. we've seen what would have happened to the four-day competition. Can this really be sustained for another year and maybe into 2022? Um, Faz, that's a question better, better directed to our finance experts. Um, mm. I think they are better able to handle it. What, what I can say, however, is that I believe mm. the ICC has created a fund to assist with the, the global pandemic for, for its members who have had to incur additional costs, or, which I believe everyone has had to, whether it's quarantine, charters, COVID testing, etc. So I believe a lot of the members will be seeking to assess, access that fund to assist. Mm. Uh, how long is this sustainable? That I, I can't say. What I do know is that last year we had no... Uh, mm international cricket in the Caribbean. So we have one under our belt now. We are hoping to get these three tours underway, which of course would, would generate some income for us. And unfortunately, you may just have to spend some of that income on charter flights and COVID testing, et cetera. But mm. um, it's, it's the organization we are. We are a cricket organization. Mm. So we need to be putting on cricket. Mm. And then just a final quick question, if I could squeeze in very quickly, Roland. Uh, I mean, as, as I said, you, I mean, the financial matters are, are dealt with by, by others in the Cricket West Indies setup. But as someone who's been a player at the highest level yourself, you know, as an administrator for such a long time, do you get any sense and in the global scheme of things that there's a greater recognition of the burden on the poorer members of the ICC, which would include us? Mm. as Cricket West Indies, which would include mm. even South Africa, because mm. they've got enormous challenges as well. When you liaise with your colleagues in other jurisdictions, do you get a sense that there's a, 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 a recognition that this idea of the big tree or the big whoever needs to be changed and that model needs to be a fairer one for the benefit of those like the West Indies who really are, are, are burdened with enormous uh, challenges and expenses and don't get the revenue to support it. Roland? Roland? Where's he gone? <laughs> Maybe he's gone from, from um, Antigua to St. Lucia. Okay, but he's gone. Has there, just before you go, we've got a couple of callers. I know they want to speak to you about Liverpool. Um, Ronnie Clark is in. Um, it seems as if you're going to make it now. Hello, welcome. First call uh, on Mason and Guest. Hello, welcome. Hello? You're a Hello, again. I'm not sure if I'm the first caller. Oh, you are? Uh, yes. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Talk to um, I was listening to Prof. Edwards, and I spoke to him earlier today and asked him to pose a question from a statistical point of view. Mm. This is a bit off the subject, but um, with uh, Craig Braffitt and Jason Holder being consecutive captains of the West Indies from the same club, is this, has this ever happened before in the history of West Indies cricket? And has it ever happened before in the history of cricket internationally? Mm. Um, I don't think I've heard it uh, brought up as a subject matter. Fazir, have you done your research on that? 
Well, I mean, going back to the old days of West Indies cricket, where it would be, for, for example, from Trinidad and Tobago, where you just had to be white and from Queen's Park mm. uh, to play and to be captain. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to know if mm. there were consecutive captains from Queen's Park Cricket Club in the 20s, 30s uh, and 40s before eventually mm. common sense prevailed and, and uh, there was merit and we had our black captains and so on. But I, I wouldn't be able to say definitively, but I, I'm almost sure that, mm. for example, the Queen's Park Cricket Club would have had consecutive Thank you. No, I'm, I'm, that's interesting. I just think it's a, a, an interesting point to bring up because um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure it's happened in other parts of the world mm -hmm. um, with the other international cricket clubs. So mm -hmm. it might be an interesting subject uh, going forward and maybe give somebody a prize if they come with the right answer. Yes. <laughs> but, but I want to I thank you for coming through and talking to us on the show. Um, good to hear from you. It's, Thank you. All right. 4417. Yep. Oh, just before you go for there, Mohammed, um, we, we invite calls 441790. Liverpool, are you going to make it to there? It doesn't look that way. I, I, oh, I, come I, on, Ronnie I, I Clark. Is, is, but, but two wins and you make it, don't they? I, I have this. I have I have disentangled myself from supporting Liverpool for Why? a number of reasons over the last 12 months. That, Why? That has to do with Black Lives Matter, that has to do with the history of racism at Liverpool, that has to do with basically growing up and realizing that all of this fanaticism about English football, uh, because, for, for example, this, this thing about the rebellion against the European Super League, and many people were saying, well, you know, this is the true supporters who come out mm -hmm. and gotten rid of the big money managers, and these people are really the souls of the earth. Really, many of them are the scum of the earth because they would abuse and, 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 and say the worst things about black players from another club. But from mm -hmm. the moment they join their club, they're mm -hmm. suddenly the greatest thing around. So it, I, I think for a long time, we've conveniently overlooked this because we have been brought up. We, we, are, we are essentially colonials. We support Chelsea and Manu and so on before our local clubs in Bridgetown or Spitestown or Port of Spain or San Fernando. And, and that is essentially how we are. Mm. So we, we identify with a Harry Kane and a Mohamed Salah and so on before we identify with our own, with and conveniently overlooking the racism and the hate that identifies with English football. Mm. But, but see, how, how ironic is it that we have Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah, two avowed, deeply religious Muslims who have carried the team from a striking perspective for the last... Three years. 20 mm. years ago, if you said two Muslim strikers would score the majority of Liverpool's goals, mm. you would not get a bet on that in, in the betting. Mm. Absolutely. And indeed, I was listening to a, a documentary that was done about Mohamed Salah a couple of years ago, and it was said that Islamophobia had dropped significantly in the time mm. that he was there. Okay. And to me, what, what, what that tells me, it's not a positive, that's a negative. Because what it's saying is that the ordinary Muslim of color in Liverpool who is just going about his or her daily business is the victim of Islamophobia because they're not superstars. In, in other words, it's that, it's that philosophy of exceptionalism where if you're black, if you're brown, if you're not white, for you to be considered somebody of worth, you've got to do something exceptional. Remember that gentleman from, I believe it was Mali, who scaled the apartment building in Paris to rescue a child okay. and he was given citizenship almost immediately if he were just an ordinary black man just working hard and applying for his citizenship do you think he would have gotten it no 
so, so, so yes, I take your point about Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah and, and so on. But listen to Howard Dale, who when he first played for Liverpool, was, was confronted by the worst forms of racism. I, I was brought up thinking of Tommy Smith as one of the heroes of Liverpool, Correct. only to find out that Tommy Smith hated black people and told black people in the team that I don't want you in the team. And he was the captain. So, uh, again, mm, he was the he captain. Was captain. Mm. And, uh, and, and the point is, again, why does someone of color have to be somebody exceptional for you to accept him? I remember Shaka Hitzlop, the Trinidad the bigger goalkeeper, mm-hmm. playing for Newcastle United in the 1995-96 season. And in the early games of the season, uh, uh, Newcastle were top of the table and Shaka wasn't conceding a goal. And he, he had come from a training session and just as he was going towards the scarf, some Newcastle United supporters were running towards him to beat him up because he was a black man. Oh dear. And then they recognized, oh, you're Shaka Hislop. Can, can I get your autograph? Mm. So again, we just laugh and smile off mm. these things. I remember a story in the Barbados Nation a few years ago where a Bajan footballer went to the trial at Dundee United and was treated in the worst way possible. They, they urinated on his bed. They did all sorts of things to him, again, because he was a player of color. And when I inquired about it, was there any follow-up to that story? No, because it is not the done thing. You don't want to highlight things that could have people in a tourism economy feeling uncomfortable about issues of racism. So there, there are a lot of things tied into it. But again, at some point in your life, mm. and sadly it's taken the killing of George Floyd, last year and we're coming to the anniversary in a few days time. It's taken that to sort of awaken my dead conscience to realize that, that games of football are irrelevant when you've got ordinary hard-working brown and black people all over the world facing an incredible levels of discrimination for no reason other than they don't happen to be white. Just to make a point that Howard Gale was actually born in Toxteth, which is really one of the mm. strong working class areas where black people live in Liverpool. And he was the first black player to play for Liverpool. And that was only in the 70s. That wasn't recent. Mm. And you'll know very well that in Toxteth, there were the race riots in 1981. That's right. At the same time when many other parts of England would have been aflame, there were race riots in, 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 in Toxteth. At the time when Liverpool <laughs> were winning everything in sight. They won the European Cup in 1981. They, 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 they were the dominant team of the era but they were reflective of the race that defines English society even today. Mm-hmm. Well, Fazir, we want to thank you, um, but mathematically, um, can they qualify? Yes. Two wins? I think mathematically they can, but I don't think they will. Why? I don't think they will. You think, you think Burnley would take them out? I don't think so. To cut a long story short, yeah. Andrew, I really don't care. <laughs> all right. So they all the pleasure to have you on the show. Enjoy the rest of your evening. And if you don't support Liverpool, come to Man United. <laughs> I enjoy your evening, sir. Well, that's, that's even that's even more I know. I know. I know. All right. All right. Thank you very much, Fazir. Mm-hmm. Always a pleasure having you on the show. 4341790. Um, Ian Bradshaw, you're a football man? this conversation, Andrew, and um, I'll be watching very closely tomorrow. Um, also a Liverpool supporter, but... Oh, really? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. No. Um, in terms of these rankings, of course, you know, recently we've had a situation where um, Westies have, by virtue of doing pretty well against Bangladesh, um, you know, they, 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 
they're looking a lot better. Um, what do you think is responsible? But more importantly, how do we continue to have this kind of progress in relation to West Indies cricket, Ian Bradshaw? Uh, well, Andrew, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that we've taken steps up the ladder. Um, our performances are still inconsistent, and um, we pride ourselves as Caribbean people, not just looking at rankings, but looking at the quality of cricket that uh, is produced. We, we know excellence, we know cricket in excellence, and um, our teams, certainly for the last two and a half decades, have not presented the type of excellence that the people of the Caribbean would, um, would, would accept. So while I'm pleased that we've made steps, um, I'm grounded by the fact that we still have a long way to go. Um, the batting, particularly that at, at the top of the order, we have to solidify. And um, our, our bowling, which has done tremendously well, um, we, have that, we have to make sure that we have a succession plan in place because the lights of, of Kimar Shannon are getting older, and we want to ensure that the Alzaris and the Shamars and the Jaden Seals of this world come come through and prove to be as we go forward. But the critical thing for me, Andrew, if we really want to see ourselves get to the top and stay at the top, is that bench strength. And we can only do that mm -hmm. if there's quality and numbers coming through from our first class games and before that coming through our, our club system. So you know, we, we, we have to take a serious look at prioritizing um, the development programs that we need to, to put in place to consistently see um, players at the top being pushed, um, forced to, to maintain certain levels. I think the matter of fitness should be a no-brainer for an elite athlete. And um, I, I'm looking for that level of professionalism throughout the whole course of, of our cricket, um, on and off the field. So um, Roland, who, who is on, on, on the line, um, his team and all the territorial boards, um, we need to ensure that they are on, on board too, they are supported, and um, we are getting our cricket industry moving forward um, because it's a collective effort that will make us competitive in this cricketing environment. Mm -hmm. Roland is back with us. Let's go to St. Lucia. Now it's 7.45, got another 15 minutes left in the show. And, and talk to the president of the St. Lucia Cricket Association, Mr. Carol Henry. Good evening to you, Carol. How are you? Good evening, Andrew. Uh, thank you for inviting me. Mm -hmm. uh, one greeting from St. Lucia and the St. National Cricket Association, okay. the UEC. How is the weather in St. Lucia? It's great. Um, it's a little warm these days. Um, fine. It's fantastic. Mm. Now, are you ready to host the South Africans? Absolutely. Um, Biosecure bubble arrangements are in place. All officials and players of both teams will be protected at Harbour Club Hotel. Um, regular testing to be done in conjunction with St. Lucia Health Authority Protocol. Um, St. Lucia successfully completed the second edition of our Dream 11 St. Lucia T10 Blast on May 14th, 2021, mm -hmm. um, which demonstrates and shows that we can have cricket here. Um, uh, Chosel Fulford are the new champions of that tournament, 
and they defeated the newcomers, Mikul Eagles, in the finals. Mm, I see. Carol, any concerns, though? I know that um, uh, the South Africans were supposed to be in Trinidad, um, and now a bit of a late call to St. Lucia. Uh, any concerns at this stage? No, not particularly. Um, I mean, th this is an excellent opportunity for, for not just sports and cricket, but um, for St. Lucia Tourism to take advantage of media partnership, mm. where St. Lucia Tourism can be promoted worldwide to over 100 million viewers mm -hmm. and forward on CWI TV and social media feeds. Um, so at, at the moment, things are going along as well as can be, I dare say. Mm. And, and what is the interest like there in St. Lucia? The fact that um, the announcement would be made last Friday, lots of excitement there in St. Lucia about hosting South Africa and the West Indies? Well, definitely there's heightened excitement. Um, you know, since, since we had the Dream 11 tournament, um, that kicked it up. You know, it's it revved up the interest um, from that in terms of um, cricket mm -hmm. because there's been a, a drought of course on the island since um, mm -hmm. the sort of emergency um, kicked in um, from last year. And there's also a curfew that is on. So, you know, um, generally, generally the populace is aware that there are mm -hmm. quite some limitations and it was quite um, a treat for them to be able to um, see cricket taking place in St. Lucia. Thanks to our mm -hmm. well, well, but let's hope that you don't have elections uh, during the cricket. Your general elections are due. They, they are due. Um, there's been no mention of a date yet, but you correct. Um, they are due sometime, you know, this year. Mm. So everyone is waiting for an announcement of sorts. I see. Doc, any, any question for, for Carol before he goes? Just to ask if, he, if there was any other cricket other than the junior cricket, the T10 blast he mentioned mm. uh, earlier during COVID. No, 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 actually none. There was a clamp down, uh, virtual um, cessation of social activities for a very extended period. Um, it's only one-on-one -on -one gym um, training, you know, was, was allowed. Mm. So mm. that you know, cricket is a it's a team sport. You need, you need 11 to play, or at least mm. you know, not less than 11 if you're playing um, mm -hmm. conventional cricket. So um, there was that, that, that damper and that um, come down on, on sporting activities generally, contact sports. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, the, much like last year when we had the inaugural um, Dream 11 tournament, it was, it was kind of um, last year historical um, history making because, you know, that was the very first sporting activity to have happened in the island um, since COVID struck. Mm -hmm. I, I see. Just, just before you go... Um, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. So, sorry, doctor. Sorry. Continue. So I was asking, was there some provision for maintaining the ground during COVID, or did you just happen to start just before this opportunity uh, came to you? Well, we've been in touch with uh, Dream 11 for some time. So at least there was lead time for us to have preparations made. Mm -hmm. um, we alerted the um, management company, the Darren Sami, took it down early enough so that we could start putting things in place. And um, the, the stadium had, had been recently renovated as well, which happened to be you know right on cue for what happened with the Dream 11 tournament. And um, when there was a relaxo in the 
COVID um, protocols. Mm -hmm. There are um, training activities conducted over there by one of our leading um, academy, um, which is at the Northern Cluster Grassroots. And we do have the um, sports academy as well that uses that venue for training. So everything just um, sort of timed in quite nicely. Mm -hmm. Final question for you. We've got 10 minutes left in the show. Any discussion about fans uh, coming in for the, for the games? Any discussion? No, that, that discussion has happened. Um, starting off, it's, it's a no, um, it's a closed venue undertaking starting off because there's heightened, as you would well know, there's very heightened um, attention um, given to, you know, the, the Windies and, you know, international cricket generally. So it is a biosecure bubble environment that's been maintained from the get-go. Mm -hmm. And that includes, um, you know, the, the, the hotel where the all the officials and the players um, are staying is, is proximate to the Darren Sammy Cricket Ground, which works out quite nicely. So, no, from, from the get-go, it's a closed venue um, setup that's been looked at. So, so you're confirming on, on the show that there will be no fans um, in relation to the games in St. Lucia. You've got two test matches, of course, um, starting on June the 10th, and no fans in, in the ground at all. Yeah, that's, that's confirming. The, You're confirming the, that. Some meetings did indicate that somewhere along the line, when the question was raised, if um, the situation on the ground here allows for it, and, mm -hmm. and the discussion a request is made, then it's, it's always possible. But um, we, we prefer to err on the side of safety, mm. um, you know, starting off. So at this point, uh, there's no, there's no funds that I'm going to be allowed into the media. Well, well, Mr. Carol Henry, I want to thank you for coming through and talking to us. I know your dog is acting up. He's not at all happy because he wants to watch some of the cricket as well. You've been, you've been in office for about a year now, more, more than a year. How long have you been in office? November 30th, 2019 was when we were sworn in. So okay. we're two years. So, so, uh, so you got an election coming up pretty soon? Yes, November this year. Oh, November this yes. year. And, and you would want to win bigger because my understanding is that you won by one vote last time. Is that right? That's what Reds told me. Yes, that's correct. You won by one vote. Yes. Could you, imagine, could you imagine if Dr. Ford, uh, if you were there, you would have been in trouble. <laughs> Well, um, things happen for okay. It reflects, you know, on um, you know the situation at the time. How it feels. So, mm. There might have been a, a slightly larger um, advantage because one of the affiliates um, who didn't show up. Oh, I, I see. So, mm. but a win is a win. It a, win a win is a win. A win is a win. Like yeah. like, like yeah. Liverpool was squeezed, barely squeezed into the championship self curve. All right. I want to thank you, Carol Henry. We're going to come back to you perhaps another week or so, or maybe two weeks, just before the start of the first test. Thanks for coming through and talking to us on Mason and Guest. Thank you. Thank you very much. If you can meet me, I want to say a special hello to a former banking colleague of mine and former supervisor, Selvin Dockard Wickham. I hope he's listening in in Barbados. Right. You want to say to him, I know you're in the banking field. I'm very, very senior there. Are you still, are you still in the you still there? Are you retired now, um, Carol? Retired. You retired. Okay. Sound like a young boy. All right. Enjoy <laughs> the rest of your evening, sir. You too. Thanks a lot. And thanks for having me. Six minutes left in the show. We're going to take a call. Hello. Welcome, Mason. Oh. 
Hello? Well. Okay, well. <laughs> we got some music. Um, Dr. Four, we opened yeah. the lines there just now, and, and we got we some music. So I, I, I don't know what happened. Did, did, yeah. did, you, did you invite the caller to... <laughs> I like that one. Roland, are you... Roland, Roland is back. No, yeah, we got Roland, five minutes left. Roland, did we have to get any special insurance cover for these uh, special times with COVID? Is there any any tweak in the in any policy that would would have been required? Um, no, well, clear medicals do carry. It, the players are covered for COVID. Um, you would generally have the public health, uh, public liability insurance to the state, et cetera. But our, our policy, currently, the players, player policies do cover for COVID. Mm. And, and Ian, uh, having been a player pre-COVID, would you, if you were fit enough and still at your peak, relish the chance to play in these conditions? Um, if you're referring to being in the bubble, mm. that's what you're talking about? Mm. Yeah, being an international player, would you relish being an international player if this had happened to you <laughs> during your heyday? Um, I, 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 the honest truth, being in the bubble um, seems to be pretty challenging, um, especially those guys who move from bubble to bubble. It's been a consistent um, theme by all players that has taken a toll, and I've spoken to some of them personally. I haven't been in the bubble, so it's hard to experience what they're going through. But collectively, they, they all seem to be saying that um, it is a challenge. And um, we sometimes don't like to, to speak on, on, on the mental aspect of, of, of these situations. And uh, it's something that we have to take very seriously. The, the, the bubble life uh, and the restrictions and just the general uncertainty of what is going on uh, must be something that has taken a toll on our cricketers. Mm -hmm. And um, Roland spoke about the issues of travel and so forth. You, you, you want to be playing in an environment where, where your money can, can focus on the job at hand. And um, as much as you're a professional, your, your health and safety and, and, and that of your family um, must be something that, that um, continues to, to, to worry you as you go through these bubbles. So um, hats off to them. Um, we're all hoping that West, West Indies will be successful and give their players and officials, because we, we talk about players, but um, a lot of auxiliary staff that goes into to making these productions possible. Um, we just pray that over the next couple of months, uh, all of our players, and if they do, it will be a tremendous boost to the competencies of persons in the Caribbean because a lot of developed countries have, have failed and for the West Indies to come through once again and prove that their work uh, will be uh, a pleasing moment for me and all West Indians. Mm -hmm. Roland, final question. What are the players telling you about the bubble, Roland? All of that. Um, Andrew, the, the, the bubble... The, some guys have their challenges with the bubble. They're not accustomed to being um, unable to, to venture outside of, of mm -hmm. the hotel, etc., or only just going to the hotel, to the ground. So it has varying effects on varying persons. Um, some persons are introverts and quite happy to be inside. 
others find that outgoing persons find it very difficult to be uh, sequestered, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it varies from individual to individual. We do have um, a sports site with, with the team who is working with the players, trying to help them maintain the bubble and, for want of a better term, keep their sanity and keep them going. Mm. Are you going to St. Lucia, Roland? I'll get there, yes, Andrew, at some point, yes. Mm, okay. Well, I want to thank you for coming through and talking to us. Always a pleasure to have you. Got 30 seconds left on the show, Ian. What can you say in 30 seconds? Liverpool? Uh, well, Andrew, I actually want to take this opportunity to um, give my condolences to the uh, departed uh, Terry Watson. Uh, uh, a gentleman who had tremendous disappointing that, that, that he passed. Um, but um, let me give my condolences to his family and, and all those out there in, in that community and um, let his memory live on. Yeah, indeed. And of course, uh, we have also lost, uh, you know, in terms of uh, Emil Straker. In fact, um, knighted his, his wife passed, and he mm -hmm. certainly was very much a part of the Mason and Guest. One of the best shows that we've had. Remember that, Ronnie Clark, when uh, we had the very excellent Cigarfield Sobers, and it was the, the great man singing. I mean, we'll never forget that show. In terms of Terry Watson, we were there at St. Mark's last Friday. Edge Stewart and Dave Mason felt some pain. Joe Garner was there as well. And a wonderful man. Wonderful man from the village that I was born in, Bayfield. So he's, you know, of course, you know, known by, you know, I mean, a great person from St. Catherine's and one who was a very, very good creator at St. Catherine's Club. Uh, may he rest in peace. Terry Watson gone to the great beyond. I'm Andrew Mason. Just before we go, let me tell you that we want to thank very much indeed Roland Holder for coming, Carol Henry. We also had Ken Crafton. Uh, we also had Professor uh, Edwards. Always good to hear Professor Edwards. And of course, my co-host, uh, Dr. Andrew Ford. We could not forget the good work of Ian Bradshaw. I'm Andrew Mason. Here's hoping for a very
Leon Francis going out, signing off. Cricket show. Bringing you Mason and Guest. Hope you enjoyed it. Early stages we had some complications, but we would like to have it taken care of. Good night, good night. God bless you all. Have a wonderful week. See you Saturday morning and then on Sunday evening. Talk to you later. Good night all. Talk to you later.